Today on the Zabecast, LeBron is L.A. bound. And now the big question is, who's joining them and who's getting their ass shipped out? My gaucho brother, Travis Rogers from ESPN 710 in L.A. will join me. Paul George stays put in OKC. What's up with that? And Tiger comes close in D.C. Now on to the British. All that plus a tribute to a long-lost colleague. Give me your precious 45 minutes and I will not disappoint. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Monday, July 2nd, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Well, well, well. LeBron James is a Laker. This was the Vegas favorite for where he was going to land, but it didn't seem as likely as maybe a, a sure thing. It didn't to me it always seemed like, well, should go there. Makes the most sense. It's the last great move he could make, but till I see it, I'm not gonna believe it. So kudos to LeBron. I had said earlier uh, last week on the podcast, I said, this guy's chicken shit of going to L.A. In fact, I was all ready to launch a theme on Monday with all these guys are pussies. Paul George, because I thought LeBron was going to follow suit and say, oh, one more year, I guess I'll stay in Cleveland. And then the Kawhi trade was going to fizzle and he would make up. And I'd be like, these guys are pussies. They don't want to go anywhere. They're all afraid of failure. And then LeBron goes to L.A. And I'm like, okay, that narrative's gone and busted. Although I do have some thoughts on Paul George in just a second. But kudos to LeBron. He is going to go and take on a massive challenge, which is to take a team that's not very good, although some would say it's no worse than the team he's leaving in Cleveland. And at age 33 in his 15th NBA season, coming off 82 out of 82, and the most minutes he's played in like forever, He's going to try to lift them back to Laker glory. Good for LeBron. This this is fun. This is exciting. And I'm not going to root for LeBron and the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. I'm not a fan. But it's great for the casual viewing nature of the NBA. And it's great for every single yak show on cable television. Not just all the ones on ESPN. You know. First take, second take, revised take, truth versus volume, facts versus fiction, round the horn, PTI, UTP, all these shows. I mean, it's going to be LeBron overdosing. And, of course, FS1 is no better. FS1 is also, they just mash the LeBron button. Their research must show this is the only thing that will get even modest ratings. Certainly not baseball talk. So it's a huge win for all those shows that will mash LeBron all day, every day. And I'll try to go easy here on it. We're going to talk to Travis in just a second. But it's good. It's exciting. It's what should be. If LeBron James, I'll just say it right now. I'll get on record. If LeBron James wins a title with the Lakers, just one, one title, at this stage of his career, which would then put him as the kingmaker in three different cities, from coast to shining coast with a title in the middle of the country, in Woebegone, Lake Woebegone, in Woebegotten, Cleveland, Ohio. Kingmaker, 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 bing, bang, boom. He's the greatest. Oh, hot take, everybody. Look out. Hot one. Hot one. Yes, that will be, uh, I think that will make him the greatest. It, You know, he'll be 
three shy of Jordan in terms of titles. No, actually two. I'm sorry. He'd have four titles. He'd be two shy of Jordan, one shy of Kobe, but he would have done it in three different places. That, I mean, come on. And I know he doesn't, you know, Robert Ory has rings in a bunch of different places. Big big shot Bob, championship Bob, but it's different. Ory was always a, a ride-along, an additional piece. He was a specialist. He was not the focus and the number one alpha dog when it comes to the team that he was on. So we'll see. Here we go. Here we go. The next piece is Kawhi Leonard, and we'll see just how digging – we'll just see how much the Spurs dig in on this, and we'll see how much the Sixers and the Celtics come after him. So stay tuned for that. Okay, let's get to the Paul George thing. Paul George stays in Oklahoma City, and there was a big party, a reveal party of sorts, on Friday night. Or was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday, actually. Saturday night, in which he uh, says he's staying in Oklahoma City. This is stunning because, basically, he had said to Indiana, you should just trade me because I'm not going to resign. I'm going to L.A. It's all about L.A. We talked about that industrial video in which they're like, you were dreaming. We were dreaming. You're from Palmdale. We're really close to Palmdale. Come on out to the Lakers. That didn't apparently do much for the case. There's now some talk that once LeBron James decided, I'm going to the Lakers, and the Lakers started targeting Kawhi because that was the guy they wanted most, they pretty much stopped answering Paul George's phone calls. Maybe. Could be the case. Nobody was more stunned by this than one Brian Windhorst. So it's a three-year plus one, but this is, I mean, congratulations to the Thunder. Congratulations to Sam Presti. Congratulations to Russell Westbrook. I am stunned he took this deal of, yeah. of like this because if he wasn't going to take the f- – again, he walked away you from – You thought this two- was going to be a one-and-one. One. Yeah. He, this is not a one-and-one. One. This is a three-and-one. He, he walked away from $220 million in, in yeah. Indiana to have the chance to go to L.A. He didn't even meet give the Lakers them. a meeting. He didn't even meet and, with and, them. And, and the thing about it was is if you're going to take a multi-year deal yeah. – You'd want to take a two-year deal because if he took a two-year deal, Rach, he could get to 10 years uh, service time Mm -hmm. and then come back on the market and get a big raise. Taking a three-year deal, this is basically him giving a giant hug to Oklahoma City. Uh, Mm -hmm. This, I am stunned. I am as stunned by this contract as I was stunned that the Thunder... In fact, I almost will tell you. I want to tell you that this Break is a bigger, this is a bigger accomplishment for the Thunder yeah. than trading for him because yeah. because they, he didn't have control over the trade. Right. He had control over what side of what his contract. Was. Now this, let me stop right there. Wendy is absolutely right on this. This is a huge coup for Sam Presti and OKC, and it's further salt in the wound uh, or wounds if you still have wounds for Wizards. For the Wizards, if you, it's a, it's another giant fu to us here in D.C. where we weren't in any of these discussions. We can't attract anybody. We can't keep anybody. I mean, we kept Porter, but that's because we overpaid him. Same thing for Wall and Beal. But it just think about that. You got Oklahoma City making a bold trade for a guy that's presumably on a one-year rental to come play with a guy who's a noted ball hog in Westbrook. And basically Oklahoma City, and it's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma City. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely. But still, underdog city in the middle of nowhere. 
uh, Oklahoma's not nowhere, Zabe. I listen to your podcast and I'm out here. Okay, fine. You get my point. Underdog City that rents a guy and says, fuck it, we'll figure it out. We'll convince him. We will make him feel like this is the best place for him. We're going to go ahead and do this. Pretty good. Ernie, when's your uh, time to do that? Okay, back to Windhorse. And to agree with this contract, he obviously agreed to it several days ago. (laughs) But he he had a long time to think about this. The Thunder had a good year, but it wasn't like they're on the cusp of a championship. They lost in the first round. And and by the way, I want to point something else out. In the in the all Wolf Roach, who's breaking every story tonight, Jeremy Grant has also agreed to come back. And while that's not going to break the internet, um, with Jeremy Grant's contract and this contract, if they keep Paul George, we're looking at a three hundred ten million dollar, including luxury tax payroll here. I am blown away that Paul George takes this. <laughs> okay, we got it, Wendy. You're you're blown away. You're as stunned as when they closed the buffet at Caesars ten minutes early, right when you got there. That was a cheap ah. shot. Come on, Zabe. You gotta do that. Just kidding, man. I'm fat too. Make fat jokes about me. Okay, so that's the Paul George thing. Also <laughs> Michael Lee who covers the NBA, does a good job of it. We've had him on my show in D.C. many a time. Michael Lee tweeted, the fact that Carmelo Anthony is a big Nas fan. Rapper uh, rapper Nas uh, was at this party. The fact that Melo is a big Nas fan, tweets Michael Lee, and that he was not on stage puffing cigars with Paul and Russ in OKC kind of removes the mystery about his future with the Thunder. OKC saves a fortune by cutting ties with him, makes a ton of sense for both sides to move on. Well, he opted in on the 27 and a half. I don't know exactly how the cutting him now saves a ton of money. I'm sure there's probably some mechanism, one-time exemption, right? Uh, whatever that thing is in the NBA where they're like, okay, you can cut somebody that's making a shitload of cash, and we won't count it against the cap or the luxury tax. You get one exception of this every five years or whatever. They're probably going to use that on him. But, ooh, it stings. Oh, I'm a big Nas fan. Is it Nas or is it Naz? You are so lame, Zabe. What is wrong with you? Uh, The Celtics have a little bit of a situation on their hands. First-round draft pick Robert Williams out of Texas A&M, who dropped in the first round, introduced on Friday, missed his flight back to Boston and was not present for the start of Summer League today. This was over the weekend. Williams already overslept on an introductory conference call the night after he was drafted. So, yeah, the uh, maturity issues that had dogged him uh, certainly showing up in the first couple of days. Golf. Tiger Woods did not win the Quicken Loans National, his tour event here in the nation's capital. That was played at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. The artist formerly known as TPC Avenel, part of the TPC network of tour-owned courses. Tiger played very well, though. All things considered, finished fourth, which is his third top ten this year alone. And some are saying, if you look at his numbers, you look at his earnings, and I don't have them stacked up in front of me right now. Good research, as always. Shut up. He's had a better year than Jordan Spieth. Tiger's had a really solid year, and he has been close, and he has been in the mix. Here, though, is what is a little bit daunting. Even though he played well, 
This is a short field event, 120 players, not 156. It is a weak field, which there's only two in the top 50 in the world rankings are there. And the course was so gettable this week that day one, somebody shot a course record 63. Day two, somebody broke that course record with a 62. Day three, somebody shot another 62. And then on Sunday, Francesco Molinari. That's a spicy meatball. Why do you got to do that, man? That's sort of kind of racist. No, it's not. He's Italian. It's okay to make meatball jokes. Hell of a player. Francesco Molinari has won five times on the European Tour. He's been on multiple Ryder Cup teams. This is his first PGA Tour win. He was dialed in on Sunday. And he probably could have gone 61-60 if he had really pressed it up, but he didn't. He was walking away with the victory. Oh, by the way, some think that he is the first Italian PGA Tour winner since Tony Pena in 1947. Other writers, like Doug Ferguson of the AP, says, uh, wait a minute, he won the HSBC Champions event, which was on the 2010 PGA Tour schedule, even though it was played outside of the U.S. Either way, uh, the thing about Tiger is this. He's playing really well. His putting, his putting is for shit. He th- I think he finished dead last in uh, putting percentage inside of 10 feet. He missed 13 putts inside of 10 feet, whereas Molinari only missed th- like three putts or five putts inside of 10 feet. Eight-shot difference. Oh, look at that. Tiger would have I would have won if I had just made a few putts. That's what everyone says. That's what us weekend hackers say. If I just th- That should have been a par. That should have been no worse than a bogey, that triplet I took. And on and on and on. He still hits it great. I mean, Tiger is hitting shots. And Peter Costas on the broadcast said once he gets his putting organized, because it's not just putting well, putting bad. Once he gets it organized, he is going to be a huge. He said he's going to, what was the words he used? Wreak havoc, tear it up, do some damage, go on a run. I forget the terminology, but that's possible. That is that is possible, but under the slightest of difficult conditions, wind, challenging course, uh, against the deeper fields that normally populate the bigger events, is Tiger Woods anything more than just a good, solid tour veteran? Answer? I don't know. Well, that's your answer, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. He doesn't know, but we're going to sit and watch and See what happens. There's also a photo that has been circulating on the internet about Tiger Woods at the Quicken Loans. He had galleries that were massive and energetic. And everybody else had basically nobody following him. And people say when they retweet this image, this photo says it all. This is how important Tiger Woods is to the PGA Tour. This is how important Tiger Woods is to the game of golf. This is why golf needs Tiger. I have a slightly different take, and that take is... This photo shows that the people that come for Tiger, they don't stay for the Bronson Burgoons. They don't go, wow, I'm going to watch this Abraham Answer guy because I really like him too. They come for Tiger, they root for Tiger, and then they leave for Tiger. It's like, and the theory is, well, hey, the more people you get in the tent, better be golf. You know, people want to be into golf. You want to bring as many people in the tent as possible. At this point of Tiger's career, 
because people that never got to see him in his prime, which was 10 years ago, so there's kids who can't remember when Tiger was dominant. There are adults that are like, God, I loved it when he was dominant. I want to see that again. They're coming out to follow him. They're coming out to be into it. But they're coming into the tent and they're doing a U-turn right out. They are not caring about anybody else. They did not say, well, Tiger's out of it. Let's go follow Francesco Molinari. When the lead was eight on the back nine on Sunday, Tiger's crowd didn't go to the leader. That's all you need to know right there. Tiger is great for any golf tournament that wants to sell tickets, and the Quicken Loans National was very thankful he was there and played well this year. It's great for TV ratings. I'm sure CBS got a nice number off of that. Tiger's great for Tiger. I don't think he's bad for the game of golf, but I really think people are overstating how important, quote-unquote, or how much he can do for the game of golf or viewership on TV or anything else. Tiger is a one-man solo act who just happens to play on the PGA Tour. All right, for more on the LeBron James signing with the L.A. Lakers, no better guy to talk to than my man T-Raj. Hey, Zane. And just like that, Travis Rogers is on the phone. How about that? How about that? Just like I'm just sitting here minding my own business. Took a shower after mowing the lawn. I come in, it's like, oh, LeBron's a Laker. Well, how, how about that? How you doing these days, Mr. Rogers? I am fantastic. Absolutely great. And I am much, much better now in light of LeBron's decision because my world just got a lot more interesting. <laughs> exactly. Tell people what your world, world is going to be like now that LeBron yeah, is so- coming to L.A. Go ahead. Lay it out for people. Well, it, it's I, I've been doing the Laker pre and post for the last couple of years, and it's been slightly better as we've gone, as we've moved forward. But uh, the addition of LeBron and whatever comes next, it's it's going to be a party. I mean, I've it, it's so interesting because we've been talking about this for a while, and LeBron seemed like such a long shot, and now that it's finally here, it, it almost doesn't even seem real. It's awesome, okay. Whoa, 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 it, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. When did it seem like a long shot to get LeBron? How long ago? Well, go go back about a year when they were setting up for this current free agency period. Right. And it seemed like Paul George was a slam dunk. That Paul George basically told the Indiana Pacers, trade me to L.A. because I'm leaving anyway. Right. And then the then the Thunder pulled the trigger on that. And we went, well, good, good job trading the guy for a year because we all know he's going to come here. And, the, you know, everybody's saying, oh, don't, don't sleep on LeBron. And I, I couldn't even come to a reason why he was going to come. But, you know, the, the things you would hear, like, well, you know, it's better weather. And I was like, well, so what? You think he LeBron James ever – right? his feet he ever went, touched the snow? He went voluntarily to Cleveland not exactly. once but twice. He's not a weather guy. He'll get his weather no. in the offseason. Exactly right. So I, I, I thought that it was a long shot about a year ago. And then at about halfway through the NBA season, it still felt like a long shot. But – then there started to be a little bit of those breadcrumb things that started to drop out about his kids enrolling in school and him buying another house here and his family being happy here and his kids wanting to play against a different level of competition in high school basketball and all these sorts of things. And then it started to seem more and more likely, but still probably not probable. And then when we saw how all the other pieces shook out, namely the fact that Cleveland wasn't very good, that There wasn't another place for him to go that made a lot more sense than L.A. All those other things getting back into the mix as far as, uh, you know, Hollywood and business and what he does life after basketball and family and all that stuff. And then it seemed 
more and more likely. And then, you know, when he when he officially got eliminated from the or lost in the finals and Vegas changed the odds to that L.A. was the favorite, that's when the first time I ever felt like, oh, OK, this is real because those guys know more than anybody. And here he is. It's unbelievable. Now, that said, OK, so I predicted when, you know, the season was winding down and the offseason officially began, I said, LeBron and Kawhi to the Lakers. And a lot of my colleagues and coworkers in Scotland are like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and as soon as the Paul George thing went down last night, I was like, okay, it's not going to happen now. It's going to be a stay-put league for one more year, and we're going to have to wait until the summer of 2019. So I'm a, I'm a bit stunned by this, but pleasantly so, because even though I don't live in L.A. like you do, Travis, it's great for sports talk radio that LeBron is finally a freaking Laker. Yeah, no, it is. And when George decided to stay in OKC, and especially when he decided to stay in OKC without even really giving Magic a chance to talk him into it, at least officially, you know, obviously they've been talking secretly or, you know, not that the Lakers would ever be guilty of tampering or by, anything like that. By the we way, whatever, whatever happened to that fancy industrial video that was leaked out about <laughs> you were dreaming, we were dreaming. Can I get a copy of that? Has that been well, produced? I can only imagine that that was the uh, the straw that broke the Paul George back and sent him back to OKC that when he got a, a, a sniff of that thing. But I, I'm not kidding. When he decided to go to OKC, I'm like, oh, man, LeBron's not coming because he doesn't want to come and play with Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. That he's This is his 16th year in the yeah. NBA, and why, why would he want to do that at this point in his career? Now, I still think there's a chance that another shoe might drop, whether it's DeMarcus Cousins or they get the Kawhi deal done. I don't know what it's going to be, but I would be really surprised if this is the end of the line. Well, this, there, this is only the start. This can't be yeah. it. There's got yeah. to be more. So let's just walk through the possibilities here. Let's start with the Lonzo Ball factor. How mm-hmm. how seriously do you think LeBron might say, I want no part of him or his dad? I think that he probably will deal with it and be on one of those, look, you don't understand who runs this place now. I think you, you might have been the most important guy in the room before. You're not anymore, and I don't want to see, hear, or think about that guy or else. You know, I, I think it might be one of those things. Now, here's the thing. I, I'm not the world's biggest Lonzo Ball fan. I, I the, the old man drives me around the bend. But every basketball person that I know, every basketball player that I've talked to, all the members of the Lakers that we've talked to, all the members of the Laker front office. They all say Lakers, he's good. They all say they he's him. a pro. They say, they look, love him. cut out the noise, look at the yep. improvement. Yes, the shot was horrific the first couple of months, but yep. all the needles are moving in the right direction. I've heard all the they, same things. They love him. So I, I put it to you this way. If if LeBron had a problem with Lonzo, LeBron wouldn't be a Laker, and LeBron's a Laker, so I would imagine it's not that big of a deal. Okay, so there's that. The Kawhi thing now is going to be interesting because clearly the Spurs would rather ship him east. Clearly mm-hmm. they're going to want a lot in return. Clearly they don't want to strengthen one of their big rivals in the West. How much do the Spurs dig their heels in and say this is going to be really, really hard? Well, this is, I think, the most interesting part about all of this because the Lakers, obviously, like we just talked about, would rather not wait a year to have the team that they're going to have to go and deal with Golden State. They'd rather get Kawhi here sooner than later. That said, um, San Antonio, I think, got a little bit of a boost when Paul George decided to say, because if you're, I don't know, just throwing the other teams out there, whether it's Boston or Philadelphia or some of these other places we hear about for Kawhi, maybe they're thinking, hey, look, 
Oak, they got they got Paul George to stay in Oklahoma City. If we can't convince Kawhi to stay in Boston or Philly, then we're not doing it. Let, let's do it. Let's take right. the chance. Let's leave him here because Paul George stayed. We can do the same thing. Don't assume that just because that's where he wants to be now, it's where he's going to want to be for a year from now. Now, if I'm the Lakers, I go in with the biggest thing that I can as far as an offer, you know, say, you know, What's Kuzma that? and Ingram. I think what it is is probably two of those three guys in a pick. I think it's probably – and then you got to put throw the wall dang in there because you need the money to work. All right, hold on but, a second. Let's spell this yeah. out for those that are not following the Lakers as close as everyone else. Uh, Ingram yeah. is the top three pick out of Duke who yeah, is num- – Yeah, he was, this, he was number two pick two number years two. ago. And they number like him. Pick- they love him. And he went his rookie year. He was, I would say, if we're giving letter grades, probably a C or a C plus. And last year he was probably a B or a B plus. He improved a great deal. And everybody's really right. high on him. All Kyle, right. Kuzma, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Late first round last year. I want to say 27th or 28th overall. Out of? He, uh, Utah. And just basically showed up and killed it from the first day. I mean, he, he looked like one of those guys that had been in the NBA for five years the first day he showed up. So he was a uh, late first-round bonus baby. Yes. For everyone that thinks, yeah, they, oh, you can't get anyone good in the mid to late first round. No, not at all. There's another case. And then Dang is, has an anchor contract, like a lot yeah. of guys in the league, where it's like, please, somebody, anybody, take this guy off our hands. Yeah, he's his value is in the fact that he makes a ton of money and you can even it out with Kawhi. So I think and then the third guy obviously is Lonzo Ball in that situation. And there's also Josh Hart who the, from Villanova who the Lakers got late first round last year also who played a really good role. So maybe he's a part of some of this somehow. But So the, if it, the, so the, if, you, if it's you if you're if your cup check, if it's Kuzma yeah. and Ingram and they take dang off your hands to balance out the salaries for Kawhi, is that an easy phone to pick up and say yes to i think it's not an easy one but i think it's when you ultimately say yes to anyway because i think i I think i think when magic and and those guys have that conversation it's you're you're not just doing it to make sure that you get Kawhi leonard for a couple of pieces you're doing it to make sure that lebron james has a chance to win championships for the next two or three years and you have Kawhi. Kawhi, i think is 27 yeah you know lebron's going into his 16th year Kawhi's just entering his prime and he's one of the three or four best players in the league so I would do it. I think they'd do it. I think they're waiting to see if it gets to that point. And, you know, the longer it goes, the less incentive the Lakers have to do this deal because the closer you get to the the, uh, the end of the year next year, and you can get them here for nothing and you get to keep all those pieces. All right, swap out, let's say, Lonzo Ball for either Ingram or Kuzma. Does that change your thinking? I, I doesn't change mine. I think it changes Greg Popovich's because I think Popovich has no time for Lonzo Ball's lifestyle. I think he has no no time for LeVar Ball. Right, exactly. And, and and plus they got Deontay Murray, who allegedly they're really high on. So I don't know if they need Ball the way that other teams might. All right, so Ball would probably be a deal killer and not a yeah. substitute there. Okay. Right. All right. right, so so now we got things shaken here. How much Iggs influence do you think LeBron is going to exert with the front office, and what is the real structure? Because, you know, i got Magic in there as sort mm-hmm. of like a celebrity ambassador-type front office guy. But mm-hmm. now that LeBron is in there where he's going to have definite opinions, how do you think that's going to shake out? I, I think this is why LeBron coming here makes so much sense because I think LeBron, is, or I should say Magic, is one of the few guys that can look at LeBron and say, look, this is what we're going to do and why we're going to do it, and LeBron will actually listen and hear it and maybe take it in and, and hear what's actually being said. I think LeBron steamrolls people other places. I don't think he's going to steamroll Magic Johnson. Now, he's going to have input, to be sure. I mean, if he, if put it to this way, Zabe, 
if if LeBron comes in and the Lakers are 25 games into the season and they're 13 and 10 or whatever it is, and they don't look like it's fitting together, you know, A, I would say keep in mind when he started in Miami, that didn't look great at the beginning. They went to the finals four years in a row. But if he says, hey, you need to make a deal to go get Kevin Love or something like that, or who are a player Kevin Love's caliber, and you need to do like a one-for-one, one, a Kuzma for Love, I think he's going to get his way and those sorts of things. I don't think he's going to be able to overhaul the roster at, at a whim, but I think if he needs a guy, I think the Lakers will accommodate him. The last Laker championship was what, 2010? Yep. And the last Kobe jump shot that fell through the net was 2012? Uh, no, it was tw- what's this. This is the uh, 2015. 2015 even, okay. Yeah. And yeah. the last couple of years of Kobe were nothing but painful nostalgia because the team was bad and Kobe labored on. Right. Well, and you're and you're leaving out one important part. It was painful and nostalgic, and also incredibly expensive. He made twenty five million dollars a year. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So it's <laughs> hadn't been the longest of droughts, but this is what Laker fans and that city has been waiting for for a long time. A real jolt of electricity uh, to now be one of the epicenters of the league is going to be amazing with LeBron in purple and gold. Tell me how the fans are going to react to this. I think they're going to go crazy. I mean, you know, I'm in I'm in Staples Center every night for every home game, and it's still a really good environment. It's it's loud, it's enthusiastic, but it hasn't been what it is when another great player comes into the league. And I'll use LeBron, and even LeBron would come in for his one game a year, or the Warriors would come in for their two or three games a year. It was electric. And then you would get those games where it would be the Lakers against the Sacramento Kings or the Phoenix Suns, and it wasn't. It was kind of... You know, boring and and uninteresting and i think what this is going to be is every night is going to be an event every night is going to have stars and celebrities and that's what we do out here better than anybody is pack that place with people that look good on tv and it's going to be it's going to be awesome i can't wait you know 16 year guy guys 15 years in in four-year deal it's interesting but he's never been hurt he's never been anything other than the best player in the league more or less since he's gotten here so Laker fans are going to be freaking out with a very, very small exception of the Kobe stands who, no matter what, (laughs) think that Kobe walks on water. Oh, my God. The NBA just got half really, really exciting, the West, and half dreadfully boring as now Boston can just walk into the finals for the most part. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll get some of those great Laker-Celtic rivalries again like we had in the 80s. Those were those were incredible, and those were what made me fall in love with the NBA. So hopefully we get to do it all over again. Meanwhile... How is uh, how is the rest of the L.A. sports scene? Dodgers, Angels, Shohei Otani on the shelf. Uh, Trout's, monster, Trout's monster season being thrown into a complete abyss of nothingness, which is a damn crime against ba- the baseball gods. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting tr- – Trout, believe it or not, is – a guy that doesn't really resonate out here. He's the best player in baseball. He's one of the best players ever. And other than the small group of angel fans, it's kind of, eh, Dodgers are a big deal. They're playing better despite they play, you know, they play like crap this weekend against the Rockies. But, but if, but if here, Trout, if Trout were a Dodger, that would be totally different. Wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be huge. Yeah. yeah okay. no, if Trout were a Dodger, it would be huge. Um, but I, I honestly, and for me personally, and both being around the city and I ever hear is incredibly excited for the Rams too, with all the moves that they made. This oh yeah. I think, yeah, the Rams are going to be awesome. So, uh, so basically, Artie Moreno's uh, rebranding of the Angels as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim has done jack squat to change the general <laughs> perception of sports fans in the LA Basin. Other than an easy punchline for some bad comedy writers, it has done nothing. Okay, so you're talking about the Rams now. I 
I love I love on paper what they look like, and I love McVay <laughs> and all of that. But I've seen the movie where a team tastes a little success, and then they mash the X button on the <laughs> on the free agent, free agent, free agent, X button, X button, X button, and it doesn't work. The Redskins have tried it multiple times. The Eagles did it that year. They got Vince Young and all those guys. Yep. Is there a worry that, yeah, it's not as easy as you think, Rams? Yeah, I, I think there is, Zabe, with, but here's the rub. The only part about this that makes me say be careful is the fact that there's history that says be careful because the pieces individually, what Wade Phillips does defensively, having Tlaib and Peters on the corners allows him to single up guys, which turns Sue and Donald loose up front, and they're going to do some real, real damage. Brandon Cooks is a big piece because – we had Sammy Watkins last year, and he really didn't do much. He and Jared Goff never got on the same page. But Cooks, I think, is going to be a nice substitute there. And that, I mean, you guys saw it in D.C. with McVay there as the coordinator. That offense is just unbelievable. They didn't miss a beat, and I think they'll be even better in their second year. The defense is the question whether it all comes together. And here's another part, too. The Rams last year didn't have one guy on that team that was like a genuine personality, a hothead, a passionate guy, whatever you want to call it. A lot, lot of boring, crazy. lot of boring quotes. Now with Talib and right. Peters alone, <laughs> and Jesus, Sue. and and Sue and doing Sue. what he does, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they, uh, they 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 upgraded in the crazy guy department, which should be fun. How is the stadium coming? It periodically I see aerial shots of the construction. Do you walk? Do you go over there with a hard hat and say, "I oh, yeah, plumbing <laughs> inspector, I got to see if this is up to code." I haven't been through it yet, but I, I did go through their their presentation that they're putting their potential uh, suite holders and season ticket holders through. And I will say this, and I have never been through a presentation like that in my life. I have never seen something like that in my life. I have never seen a design like that in my life. And if I had the resources, I would have bought something on the spot. Why'd you go through the uh, presentation? You going to buy a suite there, Rogers? No, I wish. I, you know, I'm, I may. I don't even think I could buy a parking uh, pass for that place once they get all done with it. But no, they brought the they brought some members of the media through oh, okay. to give us a presentation of of how they're going to go about trying to sell this place, and it was extraordinary. Literally, and I don't use that word lightly. It was it was like nothing I have ever seen in my life. It was magnificent. Oh, it it looks totally sick, and I think it's yeah. going to be the absolute marvel of the league and the standard. Yep which other you know buildings are made after. And I think the one in Vegas for the Raiders is going to be a close second. So I have to I plan some to, trips uh, out west, man. i gotta, I got to get out there and see these things as soon as they're done. Well, you should, you should do a doubleheader. You can come out and do Vegas too because I, I went to a Vegas Golden Knights game last year, and that place was awesome. And I can't imagine. If, if they go like that for hockey, I don't know what they're going to do for the NFL. It's going to be bonkers. Well, I was out in Vegas for a Golden Knights game. You might have heard of it. It was called Game 5 of the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals, where my Capitals, Travis, That's finally right. hoisted the cup. Oh, your name came up the other day, uh, about a month ago, on air, as we were talking about the cup etiquette. I said, uh, I said, if I were to see the cup, I wouldn't touch the cup because I feel yeah. like that's the province of the players. Now, since then, Ovechkin, everywhere he's been, has been begging fans to touch it, drink out of it, <laughs> love it. He doesn't give a shit. You, right. apparently, when the Ducks won it, hoisted it over your head and caught some heat for that. Do I tell. did. I, it, was, it was actually when the Red Wings won it, and they came through oh. uh, L.A., when I was working uh, on the ESPN TV side and uh, who was the goalie that Chris Osgood brought it with him. And uh, 
So I got to hold it, and you're right. A bunch of hockey fans were giving me all sorts of crap for that. And my, my response was always, look, I'm not a player. I don't have to worry about jinxing myself or anyone else. I can touch whatever <laughs> I want. So I, I get why a player doesn't touch it, but uh, considering I've never even put on a pair of skates, I felt pretty comfortable touching it. And it was great. 40, Far heavier 40, than I imagined. 45 pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. When I went to pick it up, I'm like, oh, okay, I got better bend my knees here a little bit. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna have an injury. I don't want to have a Stanley Cup injury, but it, it was great. I you, loved did, it. you didn't worry about dropping it, did you? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm an athlete, Dave. You kidding me? I know, I know. Former there. baseball player at UC Santa Barbara. <laughs> G- can you give me some gaucho news? It's an absolute travesty, Travis, that I don't get out to UCSB at all. In fact, I think the last visit I've made to campus was ten or more years ago. What is oh, wrong? Yeah, what is wrong with me? East Coast bias. Hashtag East need- Coast bias. You need to fix it because they, they're putting lights in in the baseball stadium as we speak. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so they're going to finally get night games there. Uh, basketball team was better than expected last year. They kind of crapped out in the Big West tournament. and uh, I think they finished second or third in the regular season and just did not play well in the tournament. But that passionate guy, the coach, is supposed to be pretty good. And They were supposed to win 10 or 12 games last year, and they ended up winning, I want to say, 20 or 21. So they're ahead of schedule. And the ba- baseball team had a little bit of a down year. They beat Fullerton two out of three, so that was fun. Well, now, wait a minute. Has the baseball field capacity been raised beyond 650 people? Oh, yeah. They built a nice ballpark. They I mean, did, okay. Not, uh, yeah, it's not like one of those SEC things that look like a miniature version of, uh, you know, uh, Dodger Stadium. What's but, uh, the capacity? You know, it, it, it holds, um, a couple thousand? Yeah. Beautiful. I got to yeah. go see that, man. I covered the teams, not your team, because we missed each other by a couple years, but I covered the yeah. teams basically on high school bleachers, and the field was so cherry because right through center field, you looked at the Santa Inez Mountains. Was yep. Santa Inez, Inez Mountains? What mountains That's are it. those? And yeah. it, it was so gorgeous. Now that you've got a better stadium there, that's a beautiful thing. It's a good deal. We got a better coach. Went to the College World Series a couple of years ago, which, by the way, is I've been to a lot of sports parties in my life. Everyone says I got to go to Omaha. Got to go to Omaha. Got to go to Omaha. Number one on the list. I've been to just about everything else there is to go to, and there's nothing like that. It was by far the best sports event I've ever been to in my entire 20-plus years of broadcasting. I've never been to anything like it. It was incredible. All right, final thought just for a minute here. Uh, the guy you used to work for, Jim Rome, was up for the yep. National Radio Hall of Fame. I don't think he made it, did he? I don't know. I, I, I saw somebody sent me a tweet about uh, him soliciting votes, but I don't know if he got in or not. Well, that's what they make you do. Like that's oh, the weird, to... yeah. The weird part is, it's like you know, for the fr- for the front door of the hall, because there's like a back door too, where after a while, they can sneak in. Like the fabulous sports babe, Travis, yes, made it in. Oh, <laughs> Nancy, yes, <laughs> Nancy got good. rich boy with a cell phone. To Nancy, is she still on the radio? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't so, think so. But uh, your your thoughts on her being in the Hall of Fame? Um. Well, I, I guess congratulations to her. I can say that I uh, never really was a big fan of the show, but uh, she was a is the word pioneer. I guess, yeah. yeah I look yeah, back. So. I look back on her, Travis, and I think what an interesting time in the sports media landscape where a woman could be the number one well known sports radio host, call herself a sports babe when she clearly was not. And <laughs> not, not in the traditional sense. And no. she knew just enough about sports that it kind of worked, but she was no expert by any means. And yeah, that was I, that was the big product. ESPN said, "Oh, we're all behind this." 
she came on, I mean, fast and blew. Where did she, she come from? Seattle, I want to say. Uh, Seattle and, and, and Tampa. She was in both places, I believe. So Yeah, it, and just kind of exploded and then was gone relatively quickly after that. Like, she didn't She didn't have a, a long run. She had a, a, a bright one, but not a very long one. She, I mean, shoot, she couldn't have been at ESPN for five right. years maybe. Right. I think the, the Sports Radio Hall of Fame should just be – Anyone who's been able to pay the mortgage and put kids through college working in sports radio. If you can do that, you're a damn Hall of Famer right there. Right there. Period. I like it. I like it. That makes me like the uh, John Olerud then because I'm right on the edge. There you go. There you go. A couple more years and you'll be right (laughs) there. Are you coming east east at all anytime? Well, when the Lakers go to play the Celtics in the NBA Finals, I'll probably be out that Ah. way. I don't know of any trips to uh, D.C. though. All right. Well, next time you come on out. Uh, let's make sure to hook it up, and I'm going to have to plan an excuse to get out to California and go up to UCSB. Yeah, for sure, Dave. I'd like that a lot. All right, we'll end with this today. Every now and then you get some news that just hits you as completely surreal and a real gut punch. Larry Kotler passed away this weekend in flash flooding in Iowa. Most people would say, I have no idea who Larry Kotler is, and that's fine. Larry Kotler is an Iowa native, was an Iowa native, and he broadcast for Drake University. He had become very well-known and very well-liked for everyone who had sort of passed through that part of the country and had interacted with him. Jay Billis tweeted this out. This is how I saw this news. Jay Billis tweeted out, you know, very sad to hear about the passing of Larry Kotler. I worked with Larry Kotler many, many years ago at one-on-one sports in Chicago. Larry was an A-plus, totally enjoyable, solid professional, semi-goofball of a broadcaster. And I remember spending time in the bullpen at the old one-on-one sports. This was 1994, Northbrook, Illinois. We were one of the first nationally syndicated sports radio networks. And the equipment and the information age we were living in was so primitive back then. We would get our news stories in 1994 off of a printer that was hooked up to an AP wire. And the stories would come across like this. And overnight, the stories would spill out on this printer paper in a big pile on the floor. So the first update anchor in to come do the news of, well, here's what's happening, would have to pick up all the paper and sort it out. And there was duplicate copies. And it was the kind of printer. It was the dot matrix printer with the big spool of paper that came out of a huge box. It was all perforated. I'm sure those who are my age remember those printers. You youngsters won't. Um, and so the first update guy, and I, you know, Larry did updates as I did updates. Larry also, I think, hosted some shows I don't remember exactly. But we had a, we had a nice time. I mean, I just enjoyed his company at the network. Uh, Ken Silverstein also was a guy who worked there. He was kind of similar to Larry, older than me. Larry was 66 years old. I'm 50, so he was 16 years older. And it was just this exciting time and this developing time in the sports media world in which we were doing this thing called network radio and network sports radio, and nobody had done it before. Larry (laughs) Larry was just this lovable goofball. He once bragged to me about how he had to ask his wife to marry him three times. I said, what? And he said, with absolutely no shame in his voice, well, she said no the first two. And I just wasn't going to be denied. 
And on the third time, she finally said yes. And it was a, it was a great story. And he was a beautiful man and a solid broadcaster. And it's a damn shame uh, that he would die so tragically. Rest in peace, the cot man, as we called him, Larry Kotler, dead at 66. Drake broadcaster. All right, that'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that Reddit thread about how great this thing is. Leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. And always remember, there's a reason that soccer players dive and flop and carry on like babies to get yellow cards and fouls. It's because it works. It's not that complicated. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.